Trigger warning for this episode, we will be discussing or mentioning pet illness slash cancer, mental illness, family trauma, politics, and racism. Hello everyone, I'm Rachel. And I'm Annie. This is The Void, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything our goblin hearts desire. This week, we're going to be discussing family political issues, uh, where basically exactly that, political issues that tend to come up within your family. And as a reminder of Black Lives Matter. Science is real. No human is illegal. Abolish ICE. Be gay, do crime. And LGBT rights are human rights. This week's episode is pre-recorded and may not reflect the most current issues at the time. AKA, Rachel really needed to scream. I really did need to scream. (laughs) Alright, so let's get into current events as of the time we are recording. How is Celeste doing? Um, So Celeste, my little kitty cat, as I'm sure I mentioned before, even though I actually don't remember, she was diagnosed with lymphoma back in January. So we've been doing some at-home chemo and steroids throughout the year, and she's actually doing great. This morning, she was zooming around the house like no one's business. I was definitely afraid she was going to knock over my microphone earlier. And now she's taking a nap, which honestly, gosh, I wish me too. She's doing well. Um, I'm actually switching vets to the vet that I work for now. So we are going to get another second opinion and it's all going to be great. So I am very hopeful. We love to hear it. We love when animals get to start recovering from stupid things like cancer. Yeah, exactly. My dog, Marshawn, is the same. He's still under the blanket from the first recording five minutes ago. So he's fine. He's chilling. So that's the update on Marshawn. We also love to hear it. I, I love happy pet updates. <laughs> he did injure me this morning with his tail whipping I was sort of (laughs) cuddling his body on the couch I wasn't him specifically because his body was underneath the comforter and I was just laying next to the comforter and where his head was wasn't where I thought it was so his tail was hitting me and I have bruises now incredible so happy bruises (laughs) um okay Enough with the happiness. Let's get into the meat of today's episode. Yeah, this is this is a bigger one. We hop in from last week's discussion of LARP and just fun, happy things there to something that is definitely a little harder to talk about, something that really affects most of us. Especially if you're queer. I don't think I have any queer friends who don't have this issue either. I think it's like a staple at this point. Yeah. And whether or not your family is being malicious about it or not, like, but be it them like trying to be mean or if it's them just not knowing anything, everyone has a lot of these issues. And I think one of the harder things for me to deal with is when those family members aren't coming at it in a mean-spirited way because it's easier to, for me at least, it's easier to brush the person off if they're intentionally being 
malicious. Whereas if they're coming at it in a place of love, but they're missing the mark completely, it hurts, I think, more. Absolutely. I agree 500%. Um, so there's, there might be crying, probably crying, angry tears, uh, a lot of angry tears with this episode. This is going to be like a therapy episode. <laughs> yeah, we do what we can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's just start off talking about how sometimes in family dynamics, you're told to be the bigger person in regards to another middle-aged fucking adult. <laughs> Sorry, I have a lot of feelings about being told to be the bigger person, where at this point in life, if somebody tells me to be the bigger person, I will punch them in the face. Yeah, that's that's so fair. It's It's hard to be, quote-unquote, the bigger person when your human rights are being trampled on versus someone else's emotions via oh I don't like that because it weirds me out okay what I I would like to you know live Nancy but thanks it's in relation to that point about being told to be the bigger person when you're a kid in regards to how you interact with an adult family member I also have an issue with I just lost it (laughs) yeah well it's Uh, just You're a literal child. You're not supposed to be the bigger person. Seriously, if an adult doesn't know how to act respectfully towards a child, then I think any sort of expectation of respect for that person is out the window. Yeah, absolutely. And I think acting as petty as you feel like towards that person should be allowed with no judgment. (laughs) Yeah, I... Definitely back in the day when I was working really hard on being, you know, being quote unquote the bigger person, being, you know, very respectful and gentle and, oh, well, they're not going to listen to you if you're angry. They didn't listen to me anyway. I, it doesn't matter now. (laughs) Exactly. I don't think I ever intentionally was like, I have to be the bigger person. I think it was always being told I had to be the bigger person, which... Mm -hmm. I have a lot of resentment towards now and I hate the culture of rug sweeping in families where you just sort of let this person be this way because it's easier to let it happen and not react than it is to confront them on it and possibly create a rift in the family. And I despise that so much. I don't think the comfort of people in general in the family should overcome the mental and emotional well-being of a child. I think when that is put into perspective, I would hope loving families would put the mental, emotional well-being in front of the comfort of the family or extended family. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. And unfortunately, I have a lot of stories about that. Yeah. Yeah, there's... I, uh... I just I keep thinking back to a family member of mine who she she needs help that she's not getting and therefore is causing a lot of problems within the family because she definitely is of the mindset where she's like, well, God will fix this. Well, God wants this to happen. Why should I go to therapy? God will fix it for me. 
she actually legally changed my cousin's name when he was like 10 or 11, I think, because she had a dream that God told her to. And I'm like, ma'am, I have dreams that skeletons have come to kill my family. Doesn't mean it's happening. (laughs) And so there's just a lot going on with that side. And my favorite thing is that she will add us on Facebook, get angry at us, unfriend us, wait about two months and just redo the cycle. So all of us have just stopped accepting her friend requests. Um, I don't want to discount your experience with this family member. So let me know if I am, if that's what mm-hmm. it's coming across like, and I will stop, full stop. But I think when you can see that there's an obvious underlying issue like that, where mental illness comes into play, is a little bit different when this person, the person in your family or you have blood relations to is just straight up fucking awful and there's no like reason behind it besides the fact that they're a piece of shit it's definitely a mix of both okay because on it's very different the relationship i have on my mom's side versus my dad's side where my mom's side is dysfunctional but we don't see like extended family at all unless it's for like a funeral or a wedding sometimes not everyone gets invited to the weddings though so but it's easier to sort of not acknowledge problematic people within the family or that side of the family whereas Mm -hmm. on my dad's side the appearance of just putting up with things for the sake of family is a lot more important than addressing any issues within the family itself, which has caused a lot of grief for me. I learned a lot of things about my dad's side of the family that I can't unknow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, here come the tears. It's just, it's so hard. And I always feel like there's such a weight on my shoulders whenever I visit that side of the family because it's never just seeing one like never just seeing my my aunt and her kid it a family like Christmas or something so my dad's other sister is always there and I refuse to call her my aunt at this point and there's a part of me that's like should I be talking about this? Because if family finds out, they'll probably get mad I'm talking about it. But I don't care at this point. This is my platform. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I needed to get this out. And you were okay talking about this with me. So I'm going to just get it out there. This person has caused me so much, so much mental anguish. And I, like, I am not going to family Christmas at this point from this point forward because of this person and Mm -hmm. it's so fucked up that I have to be the one that decides to not go instead of because everyone in that family knows that this person is a problem literally everyone when because this person lives in a different state so Christmas is basically the only time they come up so when before COVID We would sometimes, like growing up, we would go over to my grandparents' house for Easter as well. Now that they're older, we don't do that, really. We just do Christmas at my aunt's house. And 
when this person would call, everybody would scatter. Nobody wanted to talk to this person. Like, that's how bad it was. That's how bad it is. And the fact that nobody else can stand up to this person and be like, hey, you're a fucking asshole. And you're an asshole to children. It gets me so angry. Because when people are like, when my dad especially is like, well, this is how this person is. You can't change that. No, but you can fucking stand up for your own child. Yeah. Like, when this person is going off about people in politics who don't care about the rights of that would affect your child it's one thing if you're not empathetic towards people who aren't like you but like it's another thing when you have a kid and that kid is affected because they're queer or they're not they change religions or they're disabled or something like that they're just different in some way than the way society gives privilege to people and when you passively support somebody who talks about supporting politicians who would take those rights away and actively harm that that section that your kid falls under that's something i have a big issue with because you're basically choosing you're basically choosing this person over your own child and that's not what being a parent should be And as much as I love my parents, they did not have it easy raising us, me and my siblings. Oh my god, me and my- Just thinking about the preteen years that me and my siblings put my parents through, it's like, I have no idea how they survived that. I don't know how my siblings and I survived that. It was just a mess. And I am grateful for my parents because I wouldn't be who I am today without them and the way they raised me. But I think a big part of the reason why I don't want to have kids is because of the way I was raised and the way that family was treated, which sucks. It sucks to say this person, I so I find I have to find little things to laugh at because I think it was 2016 or 2015, actually, where they unfriended me on Facebook. Because at that time I was 18, I very much was not worried about having a filter. So I would get into conversations, I say in quotation marks, about political issues with this person, knowing that they were the opposite of what I stood for. And then it culminated in them unfriending me and creating a Facebook group of both my parents' pages and myself with them saying the reason they were unfriending me was because I was acting like a little douchebag just because I called out a post on their timeline for being transphobic with misleading information and telling one of their friends to fuck off after an hour back and forth with them. Yeah. So I don't get to see the crazy shit they post on their Facebook really anymore. My younger sister also unfriended this person, so I can't get the tea from her. Yeah. (laughs) And my brother is very much different in his belief systems than my sisters and I, so I don't feel like I can go to him and be like, what the fuck is going on? I want to laugh at this person. (laughs) Because I feel like... The resentment I have towards 
putting up with this person for so long in my childhood, I have to laugh at the stupid shit that happens in their life. Like yeah, they joined, I get an, they joined an MLM, and I find that so fucking hilarious. If you don't know, an MLM is short for multi-level marketing, and it is basically a modern-day pyramid scheme. Yep. <laughs> and when I found out that they joined an MLM, I literally, <laughs> I made the grossest laugh ever. It was just so fucking hilarious. And when I, when me and my younger sister were talking about it, it was around my father. And because my father is related to that person, unfortunately, I'm bringing all the pettiness this day. He was like, what are you laughing at? And we told him and he was like, that's not a pyramid scheme. And then he read something off the company's websites. Like, it's not a pyramid scheme. See, I'm like, that's the company itself. Why would a company come out and say it's a pyramid scheme? If you look at the income disclosure reports, the way it breaks down is in a pyramid. Yep. Literally a pyramid scheme. And they all, this person also went on uh cousin a distant cousin of mine a first cousin of theirs page uh and was trying to say mail-in ballots are fraudulent <laughs> yeah that's the type of person they are and i just at this point i just want to troll them even though like there's no point in me responding to them on somebody else's page yeah i got what you're saying it's it's always that do i want to or is it worth the energy <laughs> yeah yeah. And for me, I never think about is it worth the energy until after I post it. And then I text my older sister. I'm like, this is what I did. And she's like, did you really have to post this? I'm like, no. Yeah, there's there's loads of times where recently I've just I just decide not to argue. Like they post something trying to argue with me and then I just don't respond because like I one, I don't want to like give them the satisfaction of it. Two, I don't have the mental space. My mental space is very limited. There's two brain cells. They're actively fighting racism at this point. So I'm just like, I ain't got the time. <laughs> For my dad's side of the family, it's I am very confused on how I am the way I am. Because the way my parents raised me is not exactly aligned with what they believe in. So it's very confusing. When I talk to an old friend of mine that I've known since I was in elementary school and I, we both were like, how is, how are you and your sister the way you are with your parents being the way they are? I'm like, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> if you look at my dad's side of the family, it was like I was dropped on the face of the earth as like an alien spy to learn the ways of humans. Maybe the um, stork theory is real. The stork got mixed up. But the thing that prevents me from thinking that completely is that my distant cousin is very much the opposite of everyone else in my family like me. And also okay. our my great uncle, he served in Korea um, and he fell in love with a Korean woman. But his father, my great-grandfather, was a racist asshole and forbade him from marrying a Korean woman. And so he came home and he joined the seminary, the Catholic seminary. Yeah. And he became a brother 
a monk, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, with can't remember what order it was. Was it but, the Franciscans? I don't think it was the Franciscans. Okay. But I, know I just Saint know that Francis- my dad is a secular Franciscan of the third order, so. I know St. Francis is the patron saint of animals because growing up in Catholic school, we would have blessing of the pets next to the statue of St. Francis at my school. Okay, that's cute. Uh, But I don't think it was that order. Um, He chose the name Martin after St. Martin, who stood for social justice and racial equality. Incredible. He marched with MLK Jr. in Selma as well as DC. He was actually Holy stationed. Shit. He was sent to live and work in Selma during the 50s and 60s. And when he died, there was an obituary in the Selma paper about it. So like there, he still had an impact in Selma. And knowing, knowing that and how much that must have pissed off his father, my great grandfather, <laughs> gives me life. That gives me the energy to be I am because he was just like you know what fine you don't want me marrying this person that I love because of their race so I'm gonna go home and fight for equality for people to be able to do that I love that um and unfortunately people in on that side of the family at the time probably would have denounced him for doing so so I feel like because my great uncle was that savage. I feel like that's how I want to be. So whenever I see this person who's related to my father post something on either my distant cousin's page or my dad's page or something, a mutual person we have in common's page. And it's with such disinformation and so bigoted, I feel like I have to comment just to let her let them know that despite everything she's tried as I was growing up, I'm still me in everything she stands against. And like she says, she's welcoming. She's like, my, I don't know if it was her brother or sister-in-law is gay. And I'm like, that doesn't mean you're not homophobic. That doesn't mean you're not transphobic. That doesn't mean you're not bigoted. That's not how this works. Correct. You can be gay and transphobic and stuff like that too so just because you know this type this person of this identity does not make you not bigoted and so I feel like it's my duty as someone related to my great uncle to carry on this savage energy of being who you are without Mm -hmm. shame and basically rubbing it in her face as sort of retribution for all of the shit she put me through growing up yeah and making me feel like because she was older than me I had to respect her because she was family I had to let her do her thing and now it's just like family is who I wanted to be you're not my family I refuse to call you by the relationship that we should be mm-hmm I'll only say that this person shares my blood I won't say that this person is so and so in my family yeah and it's like the fact that it gets to that point especially with who I am as a person like that says a lot because I genuinely don't have much hate in my heart for people 
the only hate I have in my heart are for like neo-Nazis and white supremacists and very few people that I have blood relations to. I think there's only two that I can name that I actively can say that I either hate or despise. Mm -hmm. So that says a lot when I refuse to like recognize you as my family or even like related to me. I'm like, you're not related to me. We just share the same blood. Yeah, super fair. Like you got to do what's right for you. I wish it was more socially acceptable to cut family off. At least. Yeah, it's ridiculous that it's not. At least in the culture of coming from a Boston Irish Catholic family. And I didn't realize how different that culture is from other Irish American identities until my older sister brought it up, I think a week or so ago. And it's gotten to the point where like Boston Irish people sort of want to keep things the way they are or the way they were because the city is getting gentrified and living in the neighborhoods they grew up in isn't feasible. So getting stuck in this old-fashioned way of thinking is sort of a way, I guess, to relive that. That's something that they can control, but it's harmful because they're, like, they support Blue Lives Matter, which fucking doesn't exist. And then they'll praise the IRA and I'm like, do you not understand the <laughs> cognitive dissonance in that? You're like, those those are those are opposites. They don't no, you don't put them together. I've been on Irish TikTok a lot lately and calling out Irish Americans and Irish people who support Blue Lives Matter without and then praising the IRA and like missing the point. I'm like, thank you. At least it's not me. For like, real. There was a mural in South Boston, which was the hub of Boston Irish Americans. St. Patrick's Day still takes place in South Boston, but it's gotten too expensive for people whose family came over in the last century to live there. But there was a mural on the side of a bank, and it had the map of Ireland, and it had the counties of Ireland, and the last county is Northern Ireland, which is under British rule. Mm -hmm. So it was always like a mural that said, we'll fight until the last county is united or something like that. And I'm like, there's a mural stating like basically supporting the IRA and Irish unification and stuff like that. But yet you go to Southie and you try and do Black Lives Matter, people will like kick the shit out of you because... I don't know. There's like this weird thing of assimilation versus wanting to preserve the culture. It's just like a big thing of cognitive dissonance that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I've been listening on a related note. I've been listening to a lot of IRA songs lately and it's been pumping me up, especially after the election. <laughs> I was listening a lot to Come Up, Be Black and Tans. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> which i think is the last shanty pirate tiktoks of the ira tiktok if that That's makes sense. sense yeah black and tans is just playing on loop in my head now and so i'm just like yes <laughs> and it's not the original one for me it's the remix one <laughs> okay so you get like the electric beats in the background and stuff <laughs>
Incredible. On a, another IRA-related note, my dad was in the Navy for a couple decades. He was in the Navy for over 20 years. And when I was growing up, he was in the Navy. But before he met my mom and had me and my siblings, he was sent to Hong Kong for a time. And when he was on shore leave off the ship in Hong Kong proper, he was at a bar and he wanted to dance with this pretty lady who he didn't know was a girlfriend of a British officer. And this is during the 90s, so the troubles were still going on. And the British officer was, like, trying to start a fight with my dad. And my dad was surrounded by, like, German-American Midwesterners Mm -hmm. who didn't know what was going on in Ireland. And so he looked at the British officer and he was like, I got three words for you, IRA. And the British officer swung at him and... The Midwesterners, who had no idea what the fuck IRA stood for, was, like, getting ready to fight before they got, like, pushed out of the club. <laughs> they were like, we're all, ready, we're all ready to fight with you, but what the fuck does this mean? And when he explained it to them, he was like, Jesus, Edwards, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's like, you're creating an international incident. Ugh, I mean, not surprising. When I was in Europe for the first and only time in my life, when in between junior and senior year high school my goal was to not create an international incident like my dad but now as an adult I would very much like to create an international incident I adore that I'm technically an international criminal so you know what happens in Europe stays in Europe (laughs) can you elaborate I could yeah Okay. Nah, it's way less it's way less exciting than everyone expects it to be. Um it's just that in the United Kingdom pepper spray is considered a concealed weapon. Uh-oh. And uh Minneapolis airport security didn't pick it up in my bag cuz I forgot it was even <laughs> in my bag cuz it was just in my backpack. Um so we all forgot and then I was leaving Heathrow to go back to the US. And I was like, oh, shit, this is my bag. I probably shouldn't have this. So I was like, hey, can you throw this away from me? And the employee was like, yeah, what is it? And I was like, oh, she probably needs to know if it's an aerosol or not as to where to throw it away. And I was like, oh, it's pepper spray. And she just looks at me. She goes, just just a moment, please. And then she calls the cops. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So, yeah. So everyone else I was with was, like, sitting at the gate doing stuff. And I'm, like, sitting waiting as I'm detained by the police. (laughs) And my teacher is just like, what is happening? So yeah, just good times only. They basically wrote it off as I'm a dumb American. But they but they do say that, like, it won't come up on a regular background search. But if they do, like, an intense background search, it will come up in the UK. We're like, so I, you were detained for having a concealed weapon. Yeah, that, well, mainly they said that I tried to carry a prohibited item onto a plane. And I was like, but I didn't, though. I tried to give it to the lady. And they were like, what? They didn't take it from me. I was like, no, I gave it to her. And they were just like, then why'd she call us? Because <laughs> she was a Karen. Yep. <laughs> um, that's funny because American TSA, like, they try and pretend that they care about, like, being the best at safety and stuff. But I got stopped on the way home from my first ever LARP. And I only brought, like, a carry-on suitcase worth of clothes. And in the package I bought, 
for my character. It came with a foam weapon and it was like a little short sword and it was very mm -hmm. pretty. The handle had hearts and it was pink and stuff and it was very cute. And I was able to fit it in my suitcase because I wasn't paying for shipping to ship it back home. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, it's foam. It's not going to like cause issue in the TSA. And for 10 minutes, the TSA agent had to like talk with this supervisor and was like, can it hurt somebody? And I took it and I was like slapping it against my arm. I'm like, it can bruise somebody maybe if you hit it really hard. And then after a while, he was like, just don't take it out on the plate. I was like, I'm not going to. The way it's situated, my whole suitcase would come undone and on the floor if I took it out. Oh, incredible. But I thought you were going to say you stole like a rock from Vesuvius or something because I'm not saying I took a rock from the Roman Colosseum or the Roman <laughs> catacombs. I'm not saying I did that. Ma'am. Italian police. But I, I'm not the type of person who would like go to the Colosseum and spray paint my name with something. Like, I don't understand yeah, people no. who do that. I'm like, what the fuck? So I think that's all I have to say on the issue. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Us on tangents? Never heard of it. <laughs> Us on crime? Possibly. I sometimes wish that podcasts were a video medium because, gosh, my facial expressions are funny. The reason why I don't want this to be a video medium <laughs> is because of my facial expression. So fair. So And fair. the fact that I would have to look presentable for these. And that's not something I'm ready to put effort into. <laughs> Not me sitting here in an oversized gray hoodie and sweatpants. Not me. <laughs> um, so that is the end of that segment. We Go are ahead. trying to get submissions for, from listeners on what they would like to talk about, what they want to scream into the void. So... Contact us on Facebook or Twitter, and we'll feature your screams on the next episode, if we have any. And if remember to let us know if you would like your name read. Otherwise, we'll keep it anonymous. We won't mention any personal information like that. And speaking of Facebook and Twitter, definitely go ahead and give us a follow. That way you will be more likely to know when we post things and when you know things go live when we have questions when we post you know some dank memes you know as you do but yeah definitely give us a follow be excellent to each other and party on dudes and remember the void is always listening always is and for the meme of the week it is picture of a tweet that says the most tiring thing about adulting to me is how constant it is there is always some shit to sort out. You chilling means you're probably just ignoring the millions of thoughts on your to-do list. And it was submitted by Sandy M. And that is very much relatable. Yep. And the tweet is by at T-Babs. So T-E-E underscore B-A-B-Z. And then we'll probably post that somewhere on the Facebook group so you can see it as well. And that's it. That's the tweet. Bye, everyone. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> bye bye.